I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to an all-new Nerd Alert, the Radical Podcast. Keep no, using that okay. I'm going to make it fit. <laughs> you think it means? It'll make a lot more sense once we get that new theme music with Jay rocking out uh, the SWAT Cats theme on his new electric guitar. But anyway, I'm getting way ahead of myself. That's for next year. We're still here to take a look at last year because at the time this recording hits it'll officially be 2023 which means we're taking a look back at the year that was 2022 but before we do that let me introduce who's going to talk about it with me first of all my right hand man the man who keeps the nerd in the talk nerdy to me network ladies and gentlemen commander scott so uh I, i i saw a picture that came across my feed here recently uh, actually, that's not true. This one didn't come across my feed. This one was uh, uh, sent to me by a friend. Um, no one would have known. I know, but I would. <laughs> I would have known. So, have you all ever heard of a merkin? Yeah, that's what I am, American. You're a pubic <laughs> hair wig. Yes, it is a pubic hair wig. Oh, oh, yep. <laughs> So apparently they date back, the origins date back into the 1450s uh, originally. Um, uh, they, they were widely used uh, from the 17th uh, through into the early 20th century because apparently pubic hair, especially on a, on a woman, the, the muff, as people would, would, would liken to call it sometimes, um, was considered like attractive, like to have pubic hair. Uh, now, obviously, in today's day and age, I think the 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 the, the, the we've kind of gone away from that. It's kind of gone the opposite. But back in the day, like pubic hair was attractive, uh, and a lot of uh, uh, sex workers and uh, stuff, both you know, prostitutes and people who uh, ladies that did like some more risque shows on stage and stuff. Well, they they kind of shaved a lot because of personal hygiene and because of uh, lice issues back in the day. So they would be fitted with a merkin to well, cover up the signs of these uh, to, to this, to also cover up some other things such as syphilis, but to make them look more appealing on stage and stuff. Now, obviously, these are not... Uh, 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 
very widely today's society. However, there are examples of contemporary use, such as Lucy Lawless was fitted for a Merkin for the 2010 TV series Spartacus Blood and Pain. However, apparently she wound up not using it on screen. Um, uh, Kate Winslet apparently refused to wear a Merkin in the reader. I guess they wanted her to. I don't know, but she said no. Um, Gina Gershon, she wore, revealed she wore a Merkin for Killer Joe. So they are still around, and I've never heard of these things at, at all before. And But yeah, apparently it's a thing. I thought it was funny. Jay, we're going to get you one. How about that? Well, hey, hold, hold on a second there, Scott. Because if, if having a whole lot of pubic hair is cool, consider me Miles Davis. No, no, wow. No, no, we're not even done with the intros, and this show has gone so far off the rails. Jay, Jay, Jay. Just... First of all, first of all, when it's on your face, it's called a beard. Oh, oh, all yeah. right. It, it, it's, it's not pubic hair. Um, second of all, it's not considered, you know, no, 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 Jay. Uh, I'm going to need you, I'm going to need you to look up the term <sighs> manscaping, uh, and uh-huh. I'm going to buy you some trimmers. So it's, it's We're probably get not the, a, the lawnmower 2.0, buddy. So it's yeah. probably not a good thing that, like, every time I undo my belt, the song, Welcome to the Jungle, we got fun and games. Okay, right, moving wait. on. <laughs> so. <laughs> Today we're taking a look back at the year that was 2022, and that's kind of time traveling. You can't do time travel around here without our resident time travel expert. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via a DeLorean with just crazy outdated manscaping ideas, it's the Doc. Yo, 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 Obi-John, I'm going to let you finish. I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But... Latino John Voight had one of the best performances of all time. Of all time. Can we, can we, I believe, I believe we have a clip from the, the uh, nerdy uh, award nominated performance of Latino John Voight. Can we, can we roll the clip? Never look in the eyes of those who kill. They will haunt you forever. Just powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, Jay, in the future, uh, that quote would have landed better if you had interrupted him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. I'm just just saying, you know, yeah. the whole thing is about an interruption. I get it. Yeah. What's crazy? So what's crazy to me is that he did it twice. It's not bad enough that he did it once to Taylor Swift, but he did it again to um, Beck winning <clears throat> an artist of the year. Yes. Yes, he did. Uh, and Beck just kind of called him on it. Um, because Kanye West is a human piece of shit. So there you go. Hey, yeah. All you right. Hear, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not first, but uh <laughs> you you uh, heard it here. All right. You you you, you just did. Uh thank you. Thank you for that, Jay. And I'm, I'm glad you you helped us segue back into what we're gonna do today. So we we tried this last year and I think it went over pretty well. So we're bringing it back. This is the first annual because it's been twice now, uh, Nerdy Awards. If you can't figure out what that means, let me explain. So you know the Oscars where they hand out random awards for stuff. We're going to do that, but for the stuff we care about. Some nerdy shit. Uh, Here? Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know we did, because the, the our version of uh, the uh, Best Picture 
like our 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 cap off the whole thing is is the um your favorite nerd experience or nerdy experience yeah of of the year so uh but we're gonna start off uh with the obvious place and we'll just get out of the way um we're gonna start with a returning category um that i'm throwing at you guys uh kind of ad-libbed because i don't think anyone's going to disagree but i'll allow it uh but you have to interrupt me while i'm saying it that's the rule um so last year we had an award for best legacy sequel which we gave to ghostbusters afterlife shock i know uh but uh this year I don't think anyone's going to disagree if I go ahead and say our favorite legacy sequel of 2022, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, was it the only legacy sequel? Jurassic World Dominion. Ugh. Halloween Ends. I don't know if I've seen that one yet. Scream 5. That's just naming stuff off the top of my head. I'm probably missing a couple. Yeah. Uh, Considering the the fact that that, uh, not much competition. Yeah, Top Gun Maverick is the only one that like comes to the forefront for legacy sequels that were released in 2022. Uh, Even though you named several of them, I I I wasn't going to think of them because it's just stuff that I didn't care about. Technically, we could consider Avatar technically in that too because it came out here just now. No, 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 no. It's a sequel, not a legacy sequel. Is the difference? Okay, what's the difference? I'm curious. Legacy sequel is when they try to do that it's like soft reboot, but kind of a sequel thing. We're like we're trying to pass off the torch to a new generation, but also we brought the old actors back in because nostalgia factor. It's not a straight Avatar Way of Water is a direct sequel. It's not the the and, legacy sequel. And we wouldn't consider Top Gun Maverick a direct sequel. Uh, I'm gonna call it a legacy sequel because it exists because nostalgia. Yeah, and Tom Cruise needed a check. Yeah, Tom Cruise did not need a check. He he didn't. And the residuals from uh, Mission Impossible alone will probably survive for a while. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to it. I'm I'm okay. I'm on board. I get what you're saying. I'm just trying to. Yeah. Like, uh... Well, I, I it's the I old say... gunslinger coming in to train the next generation. I will say, John, I did enjoy yeah. the reincarnation of A New Hope. It was, um, it was very Star Wars ish. Okay, are you, are you making a Death Star trench run joke? Yeah. Do you want to put a hard hat on? Is that joke still under construction? Is that? Oh, I get Ooh. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but what? But Top Gun Maverick isn't a rehash of A New Hope all the way through. No, just the third act. It's it's just the third act. The last mission is... (laughs) Well, the mission that they're prepping for is the Death Star run. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that when we talked about Top Gun Maverick. But the Mm -hmm. whole thing isn't a rehash of A New Hope. And if you're going to crib, crib from the best, so... Well, well, sure, John. Well, I'll go with it. Best legacy okay. sequel, sure. Again, if anybody else wants to dispute and, and throw something else out there, I'm open for debate. But I thought that would be kind of an easy toss-up because uh, not only was it, I think everyone here legitimately enjoyed the movie, had a good time at it. Yeah. I certainly know uh, Resident She Hulk enjoyed it. She's um, actually watching it now. Good for her. I'm glad she's getting that. You saw that uh, box set she got her. 
Actually, it's streaming on Paramount Plus. <laughs> She's not even watching the. Mm. Okay, whatever. Uh, the one of two box sets that you got for her. Yeah. We only paid for one. I did. Return, I did return the other one. You're such a good guy, Scott. Good, good little boy. Uh, it was also. Um, I meant to check numbers, but I believe as of now, um, it, it, it might get dethroned a little bit uh, soon here, but I'm pretty sure at the end of 2022, it is the highest grossing movie of the year. Wow. Uh, and I say that because um, Avatar Way of Water has only been out two weeks, but it's already almost to a billion. Um, but Maverick, to- Top Gun Maverick, sorry, is I believe at like 1.4 billion. So Avatar may end up overtaking that but not in the year 2022 so as the year closes it will be the highest grossing movie of the year it was it was in the top three box office for seven weeks straight yeah i i have to say one one thing uh, and and i've I've got a few nitpicks you know uh top gun maverick overall it is it is a really Mm -hmm. good it's a it's a good good sequel good story it's fun uh, I think it does a really good job of kind of capturing like the uh, what made the original movie good while actually giving us some advancement on characters and some new characters. But one nitpick that I had in the movie uh, was the character of Bob. Uh, <laughs> and, and I love the fact that his name is Bob and his call sign is Bob. And the reason for that is they're trying to show that he just has such a dull personality that there's nothing else that his fellow pilots could work off of. Like, there's no nickname for him. He's just Bob. He's just going to be Bob. However, um, um, throughout a pilot's career, call signs can change. It just depends on circumstances. It depends on what your people you're flying with at the time decide kind of to call you. It's kind of it's kind of an organic thing, you know. Um, but when they're when they're introducing themselves in the bar. And, you know, he's like, uh, and who are you? And he goes, oh, I'm Bob. He's like, oh, well, we, we usually use call signs. Yeah, I'm Bob. Uh, and they're like, oh, okay. Uh, well, Bob, Bob. As soon as he said that, Bob's call sign should have changed. In the air, they should have started calling him Bob, Bob, and had him try to correct them over the comms. Uh, no, no, I'm just, I'm just Bob. Whatever you say, Bob, Bob. Like, from that point on, his call sign should have changed. Only if they then paid royalties to have the song Bob Bob Baran from Surf Ninjas. Would, I don't think you would have had to have done yeah. that. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, no, great movie. Uh it it uh just like Tom Cruise, it defied all <laughs> rational explanation and bucked every trend in the Hollywood system. Uh good movie. Uh great movie, I would go out and say. Uh well worth the wait, I think. So I, I know I know actual pilots enjoy it or not enjoy, but they they actually were were happier with the the flying scenes in this one versus. So. Yeah, well, it was again. I don't want to rehash the whole episode, but if you enjoyed the movie, <laughs> want to hear us talk about it? There's an entire episode of us talking about Top Gun Maverick. So I'm going to move on now. Um, that was favorite legacy sequel. Uh, so now toss it up to you guys. What was your favorite movie in general? for 2022 you do not have to put any kind of stipulation literally just what was your favorite movie for whatever reason you liked it the does it have to be a movie that was released here or a movie we saw 
first time this year. Scott, this one, it has to be released in 2022. There are some categories later where it doesn't have to be new. It just has to be new to you. But for movie and TV, we're sticking to just 2022. Well, that's a bunch of bullshit. It's it's a year-in-review video, Jay. So, sorry, bud. Like, I I don't even... I don't know what movies I saw this year that were new. (laughs) Thanks for prepping for the show, bud. Did you see Violet Night? That was just released. That 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 was good. Yeah. No, I Uh, haven't watched that yet. I haven't either, uh, actually. (laughs) It's awesome. You should go see it. I I heard good things from it uh, and stuff. I believe it's on streaming now. I don't know where, but somewhere. 2022 (laughs) is a long year, and... I don't remember all the movies that I watched in 2022, and I don't remember which ones were released in 2022. All right. Well, I'm just going to step over all your toes. Uh, my favorite movie that came out in the year 2022, because I went ahead and looked this up, so I was ready for the show, uh, was The Northman. Um, I know. Big surprise. Obi-Jan Lato Viking movie. Shocking. I know, right? Uh, and th- this movie was everything I hoped it would be from the trailers. It, it, it's It's... Scott, I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, but you should just for I, the cinematography. Did you say yes? I have not. No, I have not. Okay. Uh, so the, the, enti- the entire movie was filmed using all natural lighting. Nice. And it's fantastic. It look- and, and even with that constraint, it looks gorgeous. Uh, and the performances are fantastic. The action is gory and bloody and violent, just like you would expect from a Viking movie. Um, and I don't want to spoil things, but it may have overtaken Star Wars Episode Three as coolest last sword fight on a volcano, because um, it was all real. So uh, if you have not seen The Northman, definitely go check it out. It's available on everything now because it came out super early in 2022. Um, and then I want to give a shout out. I had to mention this movie. I'm sorry. It wasn't my favorite movie of the year. However, if we're talking just theatrical experience uh coolest thing that reminded me why i like going to the movie theater i'm not gonna shock anybody avatar the way of water in xd 3d was fucking amazing uh and i i can't wait to drag scott to go see it all right well just let me know when you we'll try to get it scheduled okay so yes jay do you think of something yeah because you know you're like oh thanks for doing your research and i was like well you know, I like things that are more fun on the fly. And then as soon as I Googled it, I didn't realize that that was actually this year. Um, but I'm going to say that my favorite movie of 2022 was Prey. Solid choice. That, 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 is that the one about the, the Pope uh, and everything uh, uh, over there uh, with when they meet before he was on? Oh wait, no, that's the I think sorry. He made that same joke on our review of Prey. <laughs> uh, Scott gets the award for best uh long callback joke. <laughs> Jay, tell uh, us why you pray was your favorite movie this year. Uh well, there were a lot of movies that I watched this year, and I'm not sure if all of them came out in 2022, 2022. Uh but what I liked was that it, it like it took Predator back to its roots um, and it was I thought it was visually pretty awesome. I mean, yes, there was some bad, bad CG 
real bad CG. But uh, other than that, I thought it was a really awesome movie. Um, I I don't know. I just kind of liked the, the the fact that we were pre- it was a predator playing in a different area other than the jungle or the city. Um, it was nice. It was a fun movie. I liked it. I Good. agree. Scott, anything you want to toss out? Well, so uh, since uh, since I didn't do uh, my homework at all, uh, I was busy all day today. Thank you very all much. All day doing what? Today your was day a off very, from work. very hard day. Uh, okay. I had to, you know, I, I did some laundry. I folded some clothes. I did some dishes. I had to download a game on my PlayStation. Then I had to play that game. Oh. I mean, it was just, wow. Uh, you know, Christmas vacation is hard. Uh, well, if that game came out in 2022, okay. Scott, keep it under your hat. That might come in handy later. Uh, it did not, actually. Okay. Um, no, uh, but but while we were sitting here talking, I did go to IMDb uh, and because I, I was looking like what movies came out, you know, in mm-hmm. 2022, because mm-hmm. I'm kind of with Jay, you know, I, you know, I don't remember like what I've seen recently because it's been a year and I don't remember everything. Yeah, I had to look stuff up, too. It's all good. And, uh, well, what, what kills me on this, so I looked up this, this list, uh, and, and first of all, I've seen quite a few movies that were released this year, and most of them I hate, actually. Um, <laughs> I was going to throw that at grenade out there, too. So but That's okay, that's okay. We'll get to that one, because I think that was a relatively easy one on which one I hate the most. Um, okay, I think I can but, guess. But what, what kills me here is, do you know how many titles they have on this list for movies released from January one to December, whatever now is currently? Uh, is it the IMDb list? Because yeah. it's like fourteen thousand something. Fourteen thousand yeah. eighty nine titles. Yeah, I would not go off that list. It's going to be there for a while. Good lord, yeah. So I've got I've got sixty some pages left to go through. Oh, uh, that came <laughs> out in twenty twenty two. Son. No, but actually, uh, uh, I do remember right now. Uh, without going through an exhaustive list or anything, the one that mm-hmm. stands out to me that I liked the most that came out this year, that I saw this year, that I loved, uh, Death on the Nile. Oh, yeah. That was a really good movie. I enjoyed that one. Uh, Kenneth Branagh's second time out as uh, Her- Hercule Poirot, um, which is a very hard name to say for me. But um, you nailed it. Props. Good job. Uh, is far and away better than uh murder on the orient express i almost said horror on the orient express (laughs) um uh but yeah no and and to be fair though i mean everybody kind of starts with murder on the orient express that's not one of my favorite agatha christie uh novels just because well spoilers everybody did it it's just kind of pop out to me but death on the nile yeah that was good that was was very good yeah, it was great cinematography. The the movie looks beautiful. Um, it's it's wonderful actors uh, and 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 characters and it, it's I mean the cast and and everything. It is all the way through, far and away gorgeous. Uh, now you finally get the origin of Akil Puro's mustache. You do. Uh, we were all dying to know where that came from. And that is a glorious piece of facial hair. It, God bless it is, yes. Uh, I really hope... It deserves it, its own spinoff series. Yeah, I, I really hope it's natural. Like, I don't, I'm don't. i curious if Kenneth Branagh actually grew that mustache. 
for the role. It's not just a just a prosthetic, you know. I don't know. Uh, but you'll be happy to know they they have, I believe, greenlit a third one. So there's, ah, there's at least one more coming. I hope so. I mean, I know you didn't care for it. Uh, but oh, I, I loved it. No, 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 no. Hang on. Not Death okay. of the Nile. No, no. Oh. I like Death of the Nile. And I know you didn't care for Knives Out. I liked Knives mm. Out. Um, I know you don't care for it, and that's fine. I know the sequel, the second one, not sequel, but the second one for that character just came up. Um, and I, I have yet to watch it, but I'm wanting to. Now, don't get me wrong. Death on the Nile blows Knives Out out of the water. Partly because, I mean, it's it's Agatha Christie, it's Kenneth mm-hmm. Branagh, it's just... It's an yeah. actual whodunit. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started on that. Don't bring up Ryan Johnson on this show. I expect you not to make shots. That's all right. That's all right. Um, Speaking of shots, hold on. Fucking Ryan Johnson. Okay. I forgot forgot that. uh, So I was just going through the list still. Um, But there are other movies that I watched that I enjoyed that I didn't realize were. But that's okay. Okay. I'm sure maybe it'll come up later. All right, then. Uh, I debated on this category, but it sounds like Scott wants to get something off his chest. (laughs) Do we have a most hated movie of the year? Uh, Give me a second to double check. You all can go ahead. If you're talking The Batman, yes, it came out in 2022. 2022? Yep, you're good. (laughs) Damn movie. I'm with Scott. I'm 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 100% on board with Scott. The Batman was probably the worst thing. I watched in 2022. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a horrible movie. Uh, and for some odd reason, everybody keeps saying, oh, it's the greatest Batman movie of all time. No, it's not. It's 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 a fucking shitstorm of a movie. Like completely and utterly. It's like horrible. It's like they it's like the writers took some Batman comics, ate them. Um, shit them into a can and then pressed them into film well, it's and, not and then it, ran it's, it. It's not even that. It's not even that. So first of all, Batman is completely ineffectual in his own movie. Not once does he get ahead of the Riddler. Not once. Yes, he solves every riddle, but right is like it's coming to fruition. Like, you know, he's like, oh, that's what that meant. Yeah, I was, I was totally there. I, I got that right before it happened. Not once does he get ahead of the Riddler. He does not stop anything that the Riddler has planned. Everything the Riddler plans in that movie happens. Yes, the Riddler winds up in jail, but that's because he gave himself up. Even so far as the the assassination attempt on the mayor, because the mayor is standing at a podium alone when a, a Riddler henchman shoots her with a scoped rifle from an elevated position. Batman was nowhere near when the shot goes off. The only reason she does not die is he was a piss poor shot. That's it. Batman's lucky that guy didn't know how to quick scope. Exactly. Batman's very lucky that that guy didn't know how to quick scope. All through the movie, all through the movie, the only thing we see the Batman do is brood over who he is and his past like this whole movie, it doesn't show the origin, but all he does is think about his origin all the time. So much so that the uh, was it the the mayor at the time because because the, the the current mayor at the beginning of the film he gets killed right. It was the mayor who got killed and has his son. I think so. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah, 
So he's sitting there, and we got the little orphan boy who's sitting there, and Batman's looking at him because we got this connection. We have to cycle back around to that, and when Batman finally does get on scene at the end in the stadium, like the first thing he does is, I have to help people. I have to help the people. I'm going to pull people out of the rubble. Who's the first person he pulls out? Oh, it's the orphan boy, because we have to have this imagery of me accepting who I am so in your face. It's not funny. Uh, and uh. then... And then we not since Logan watched the movie Shane in the movie Logan to make sure you got that they were aping the movie Shane in the movie Logan (laughs) as a movie so telegraphed what the fuck it wanted you to think. Yes, I agree. Well, and then look, I liked the Batman until I talked to Scott Cox about it, and now (laughs) I'm on Team Scott Cox. Uh, I love the world they created. Uh, the story they chose to tell in that world is is dumb. And moreover, I'm done and over seeing a young, up-and-coming, brooding Bruce Wayne who hasn't discovered who Batman quite is yet. We did that for three movies with Christopher Nolan. I'm done with it. I want my grizzled old man Batman. I want what we were supposed to get with the Ben Affleck Batman movie. We're just in Destro going at it for, for 90 minutes. And if and if you're interested in hearing about a movie like that, <laughs> listen to, to Obi and John and I oh God. do our uh, urbanization show on the Batman. Yeah. Well, well, and and, and also uh, when it comes, so there's an establishing shot of Gotham City, and they do the whole because ever since the Nolan movies, Gotham City has kind of been this Manhattan kind of a thing where you have the bridges that connect it to the mainland, right? And everything. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that was Chicago, so, but yeah. Chicago, yeah. But but then the Riddler blows, and I'm using oh, yeah. air quotes here, blows the seawall. Does that mean they went out into the water, put up the seawall, drained the water, and built the water, built the city below sea level? That's why you need bridges to get across? That makes no sense. That makes no sense that this thing would be flooded. And then when it is flooded and everybody's trying to get out of the city and by everybody, I mean Catwoman because apparently she's the only person that has any kind of practical damn sense at all is stopped at the bridge by police saying bridges are closed. Really? Bridges are closed. Yeah. We're going to need you to go over to this stadium, which is below the street level. We're going to need you to go to the lowest point in the city, ma'am. It's flooding. Uh, look again. I I I don't want this to turn into another rehash of an episode we've already done. Um, so you can listen to our review of the Batman. Uh, but <laughs> I agree, and I just want to tack on uh, um, my most hated movie of 2022. Uh, as as much as I came to not enjoy the Batman, thanks to Scott. Um, <laughs> and I mean that as a thank you, Scott. You corrected me. Uh, no, the worst movie I saw of 2022, and anyone who says they liked it is just being a contrarian hipster to try to make themselves sound cooler, and you can go fuck yourself, uh, is Halloween Ends, because that movie was a steaming pile of dog shit. Not a single thing we saw in that trailer was what that movie was about. We were told from the get-go that that would be the massive conclusion of the 40-year saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. And that happens in about the last 10 minutes of the movie. The other two hours leading up to that are a completely different movie that has fuck all to do with Lori or Michael Myers. And anyone who says, oh, it was pretty good. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. 
it, it, is this the one with uh uh oh crap uh what's his name from uh the the the, the dead zone uh and and doing the 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 the, the chanting in the hospital the no that was halloween that, kills that, that's kills okay so i haven't seen ends yet yeah it's terrible as much as I was not a fan of Kills because it was kind of a hot mess, it at least was about Michael Myers. Uh, up, up Halloween tour in the hospital. They yeah, Halloween. Yeah, but they're still talking about him the whole time. So he's still there. Him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they barely even talk about him in Halloween Ends. I don't okay. even think he shows up on screen until like forty minutes into the movie. Wow, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible and if you want us to say yeah but the story they told was really good though it's just like halloween 3 where people did not fuck you fuck you halloween 3 never advertised itself as being a michael myers movie go watch the trailers it never said he was in it it never showed him in a trailer people just assumed he was in it that was on them this movie every single trailer it's michael and laurie michael and laurie michael and laurie then you go see the movie and you want to see michael and laurie wait to the last 15 minutes Everything up to then is about her granddaughter and her bad side of the track boyfriend slowly becoming a serial killer, and it has nothing to do with Michael. So, so it's so it's guess who's coming to dinner Halloween edition. That would even be a better movie. Okay. <laughs> no, this movie was terrible. It was terrible. It's it's the only movie or not since The Predator have I walked out of a movie and been like, can I get my money back? So yeah, sorry, rant over. That movie sucked. All right. And everybody who likes to say they liked it, you're lying to yourself just to sound cool. Shut up. Well, we're going to get off the negative. Unless Jay wants to rant about a movie. Jay, you want to rant about a movie? Yep, plant, dude, yeah. Well, oh, no. Okay. I, um, did you guys know they made an Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie? Yes. Yeah, in it. like 2008? No, in 2022. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I saw it at, uh, I saw it at Best Buy. It had a steel book and everything. I, I, I missed that one entirely. Yeah. Sorry, that was my uh, okay. was Aqua Teen Forever. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's like Aqua Teen Forever. I just had here it is Aqua Teen Forever Plantasm came out in 2022. Yeah. So. Okay, has well, none great... of us have seen it, so we're gonna yeah, move the, on. The, the, steel book, the steel book has great cover, though. I mean, it makes me <laughs> want to watch it, and I've only seen like six episodes of the series. <laughs> I'm proud of you for starting that. We're gonna move on. Uh, to our favorite new sh- our favorite shows of 2022, and I've got two categories: favorite returning show, favorite new show. If I need to stretch for time, let me know. Does it does, a yes? Does it have to be? Does it have to come out in 2022? Or yes, it has to be. A, it? No, it's got to be a new show in 2022 or a returning show in 2022. So I'm going to um, go with new show because I think Scott okay. might agree with me on this one. Okay, go ahead. And I, I am surprised it's because there, there is a space show that came out this year that you would think would be a dead ringer for my favorite show of the year. Uh, but it's not the space show you may be thinking of. My favorite new show of 2022. And again, I have Scott to thank for this. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Oh, yeah. It did start this year, didn't it? It did. I double checked on that because I couldn't remember if it started in 2022 or 2021, but it, it is a 2022 new show. It was my favorite show of the year. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was classic Trek writ large uh, with all the modern school special effects and costume design and set design. And it it was one. It was it was a wonderful combination of all the cool things we can do with modern filmmaking. But that classic 60s Trek 
feel. It was yeah. episodic, and 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 the uniforms were back to the old style, uh, which looked great. And Anson Mount's fantastic, and the cast oh, around him was great. And we had an Andorian in the main cast for a little while. Uh, and then most importantly, they brought the Gorn back in. Like all the goofy shit I loved about the '60s show, they brought back in and made cool again. I'm like this is awesome. This is exactly what I want out of Trek. Now. Um, technically, you, the engineer wasn't an Andorian. Shut up, Scott. Uh, <laughs> he's a subspecies <laughs> from the same planet. He's an Andorian. He is, he is a subspecies of the same planet. Uh, <clears throat> and I, uh, to be honest, I'm trying to. I cannot remember what the name of that 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 sub race, but he's a different race. Uh, now that being said, there are four different races of humans, and we still call them all humans. So I'm okay calling him. Um, just saying technically, I'm just trying to be technical. Look, I get so few Andorians in Trek, I gotta take what they give me, okay? They need to give the damn Tellerite. Sorry, go ahead, Jay. Oh, I have an answer to which question? To wait, new show or returning show? Right now, we're on new. Oh, new show goes to Moon Knight. Oh, um, I really enjoyed watching it, it was trippy. Uh, I I liked it because it's a character like nobody knew about, um, which was awesome. It's not a mainstream like Marvel character. I feel it's like not... there's a lot of people who know who Moon Knight is. They now, <laughs> now I'm pretty sure there was a lot of people who knew before. Maybe not a, a the, the 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 majority probably didn't know. But there was Moon, okay, Moon Knight I... was the A list of the C list of Marvel characters. <laughs> uh. It, Scott, I see what you're saying. What I what I mean is like you've got your your diehard comic book characters who know like way too many Marvel characters. Uh and then you have like your sort of mid-level, hey, I know some Marvel characters that aren't in the Avengers type people, and then you have your just like I know the Avengers Marvel characters type people. And that's the majority of people, I think. Are the yeah. ones that know the Avengers, and then you've and, got your hardcore nerds who cosplay as Captain Underpants, <laughs> right? Well, uh-huh. well and, and then you got your you got your people who only know the the characters through movies because yeah. they don't read comics of any kind. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's the category, Jay. Which, yeah, that that last category, the people who only know it from the movies. Yeah, and yeah. and so I I liked Moon Knight because. I had actually looked into him at one point in time because I thought he was an interesting character, uh, but didn't end up getting any comics or anything. So I thought it was cool that they made a show and I really enjoyed it. And then I actually learned more about him um, just because, like, I wanted to know more about the character. So it opened up more information to me than just the show. So that was cool. So that's that was my favorite new show of uh, solid choice, bud. Yeah, Moon Knight was really good. Uh, uh, that actor, what's the, what's his name? Isaac, Isaac or Isaac? What's his Oscar, name? Isaacs. Oscar Isaacs. Oscar Isaacs. Yeah, he did a beautiful job. With with he's that. had a great year. He has um, between that and Dune. Yeah, I, I I still haven't seen that yet either. But uh, uh, I'm I'm waiting for the second half of that movie to come out. But uh, you and uh, me both. But yeah, no, it. Uh, uh, he did a great job with the multiple personalities uh, and everything, especially when they kind of derail and he's playing both of them, you know, and he's sw- mm-hmm. he switching between 
personalities. Yeah, he has yeah. whole scenes with himself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It yeah. was. It was great. Uh, and I, it holds your attention. Yeah. I enjoyed that completely. Good pick, Jay. Good pick. Uh, any other new shows, or do you want to move on to returning shows? I, you know, I, I I'm trying to think of new shows that came out, and and I, I don't. I, I tend to stay stuck in the past when it comes to my shows a lot. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, going back, I, I think I would have to agree that my favorite new show that came out was was probably uh, Strange New Worlds. Uh, I, I I don't agree with what they're doing with the Gorn on that show. I understand it. I just don't agree with it. You don't want them to turn the Gorn into xenomorphs. Yeah, exactly. So, a <laughs> little bit of a rant that the one Gorn, the real, the big Gorn episode that we got was literally just a rehash of Aliens, um, uh, and everything. But I, I, what kills me is, so, Strange New Worlds is supposed to be in the same continuity as the original series, set ten years ish before the original series, uh, and everything, and so. I don't understand how we can go from, you know, one juvenile Gorn could wipe out an entire armed away team to Captain Kirk and a fully adult Gorn. Just having a, a the arena uh, or not. Arena. But, but, but that uh, Gorn yeah. was wearing clothing. So <laughs> clearly yeah. we need to have an entire other episode or multi-season arc to explain how he went from the monster xenomorph Gorn to a Gorn wearing a was it like a leopard print onesie? Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love what they're trying to do, and I love the more savage version of the Gorn. Um, it, it, it it's it's beautiful. Um, but they make for a great space boogeyman. They make for a great space boogeyman. They do. Um, but I just. In my head canon, um, Discovery and um, Strange New Worlds is not in the same continuity as the original series because there's just way yeah. too many things that are radically different. And I'm fine with that because I don't care about the continuity. It's just good Trek. Yeah, I agree. But man, it needs to be less political. Trek needs to quit being so political. Oh, God. That, oh, sorry, sorry. The... I know, I know. <laughs> I put the quarter in, but I'm going to cut the song off before we get into the rant. Oh, the Star Trek fans. Star Trek fans are horrible, and I can Fans in finger quotes, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, God. If you think Trek is just now getting political, I have some really bad news for you. <laughs> this is very true. Uh, any other new shows for 2022? All right. Uh, favorite returning show. So this is something that did not debut, but had a new season or new content in 2022. Um, oh, I got this. Okay. I, I'm thinking we might have the same one. Cause I'm going to sort of bend the rules. Okay. Then we don't. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Cause it's not necessarily, it's not new, but it's not returning. It is returning. It's returning, but in a different it's 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 off the main timeline. It's it's a it's it's a it's adjacent. Did a new season or new content of an existing program come out in 2022? Yes. Okay. What is it? Shorzy. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Close enough. We'll take it. <laughs> I loved it. I, I would have said that counted as a new show, but you're right. It's a spinoff of Letterkenny. So I loved it. 
I loved Shorzy. <laughs> so, so did Whitney. Uh, you'll have to tell Whitney that was my choice with Shorzy. I will. I will. Uh, I'd call her in here, but she's got dogs on herself. Like, oh, man. Hilarious. I loved it. It, it just Shorzy as a character and getting to see him actually like show to show and like fleshed out more. Uh, Which great. one is Shorzy? He was the hockey, the hockey player, player who you never actually see his face in Letterkenny. It's, oh, okay. it's played by the same guy that plays Wayne, Jared Kiso. Oh, yeah. Um, I I don't remember because I'm I'm not a big fan. Like the the hockey player segments are my least favorite segments of Letterkenny. Oh, they're some I, of my favorite. I, I I'm I much prefer the uh, the Hicks, mm-hmm. you know, group in 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 Letterkenny uh, and stuff. So I don't well, I remember Shorzy. The, the well, Shorzy are like the main the main yeah. characters in that. Shorzy's a great show because so all the hockey player stuff comes directly from Jared Kiso's own life experience as a hockey player back in the day. Right. Uh, and and Shorzy is great because you can tell it is very much just as Letterkenny was a passion project of his. Like he he Letterkenny was his baby and 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 it's it's taken off and done great things and he's he's taken that opportunity to then spin off into this own thing which is a bit more personal. Uh, Jared Kiso was never really a hick. Um, he, he was more the hockey player type, so it's him getting to to take the opportunity he's made for himself and give himself kind of a a more personal passion project. Uh, but yeah, no, it's great. It's 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 got that same letter Kenny humor, um, and him playing huh? the main character. <laughs> Sorry, even John. more jokes to annoy your friends with. Yep, I had to do it. Okay, let's try something. Whitney, hold on, Whitney. Uh- uh-huh. Embarrassing. Uh-oh. No. Uh-oh. We're bringing people on. So that's Whitney, you ready? Good, because you're going. I will murder you. She's not amused by that. Jay's <laughs> favorite uh, show of the year was Shorzy. He just wanted you to know that. You could have texted me that. Okay. I'm really trying to get shit done. Out. Okay. Was it? Was it? Was it fucking embarrassing? <laughs> don't throw that. Don't. Don't. Okay. She threw stuff. I have nothing to kick. Love you. Okay, we won't do that again. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thought she'd be more excited about that shit. Uh, my favorite returning show. That's where we're at. Um, Scott, do you have a favorite returning show? Or do you want to jump? I, I actually have two. Oh. I actually have two that I was I was really really happy about. All right, um, well, give me your most least favorite. Most least favorite. Your your, your most bestest favorite returning show. Your your bestest. your least most favorite. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna go ahead and throw out both of them. Okay. <laughs> we don't have to discuss both of them. Um, but uh, I was really happy uh, that I got a new season of The Crown. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I've I've been enjoying that uh, and everything. It's really good. Um, and now I'm I'm really happy going forward. Now that the the uh, creator and showrunner and head writer uh, now knows uh, how the story ends. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine there is some major rewriting on, on season six at this point, <laughs> or additional writing. Yeah, I'm you very know, curious and, if we'll and, get an extra episode. Just- that just goes to show you how committed uh, Queen Elizabeth was to things like to projects like this. Uh, wow. <laughs> yes, because the royal family loves this show. 
Uh, actually, I I think I, I did read the, the Queen Elizabeth. I think she was a fan of the show. She she didn't mind it. She understood it was dramatized. She took it for what it was, and she I don't think she got too bent out of shape because it's because it wasn't until after her death that you finally saw the royal family like officially bitching about it. Because I think she kept them in check hmm. for the early seasons and stuff. She's I like, guess we'll we'll find what? out in season six when we'll it gets super out. super meta. Yeah, um, and the but, show The Crown appears in the show The Crown. Yeah, yeah but other than that, um, uh, other than that, other, another one that I was reoccurring that I was looking forward to um, was uh, Lower Decks season three. Oh yeah, more track. I, I'm really loving because I, I, you know, I'm all about me some track, and uh, track has had some good years here in the last three or four years. The the, the stuff that's been going on with. Uh, uh, Paramount Plus uh, and everything, formerly CBS, something or other. I forget what. Whatever. No one, no one remembers. Yeah. Whatever the fuck the CBS version was. Uh, but uh, Paramount Plus has been been doing some great Trek content. It's back on TV where Trek deserves. I mean, I'm I'm in, I'm I, I love a good movie, but Trek deserves to be television. It's a better uh, format. And um, um. Yeah, Lower Decks is just phenomenal all the way through. Everything that they do is great, and I uh, love the season three came out. It really has finally found its voice. Uh, season one was kind of rocky because you, you couldn't quite tell. Is this supposed to be for non-Trek fans or for super nerdy Trek uh, fans? I, is it I trying to be it, Rick and Morty? What's going on here? And in and, and season two, they really streamlined it off. Yeah, I think they found their voice right at the end of season one. But yeah, in season two, you can tell they solidified it. Like they're mm. like, yes, boom, we locked it in. We know what we're doing. Uh, and everything was, was great with it. Um, and it's just telling a really good story. It's telling the B story. I love it. Okay. Um, I've also got two for returning shows. Um, one, I was very glad to see uh, in its fourth season. I think maybe has hit uh, its best season ever, even though it was a very weird kind of season because it was chopped up into two parts and episodes, single episodes were the size of freaking feature films. Uh, But after a sort of rocky season three, Stranger Things really knocked out of the park with season four this year. Um, Three got a little too in your face, 80s reference cartoony uh, and four leaned hard into 80s horror uh, <coughs> a lot of stephen king and and freddy krueger imagery and references and things um really ratcheted up everything uh the actress i can't remember her name who plays max absolutely killed it this season um we split all the cast up so we have multiple storylines so nothing ever gets boring because we have i think four different kind of connected stories to to, to jump around with our groups of characters um and they they nailed it man uh, we, we got a, a really cool villain to sink our teeth into and confirmation that the upcoming season five will in fact be it so we we now have an endpoint in sight and uh all bets are off going forward so i was really really happy and impressed uh with stranger things and in that being said if i hear that stupid running up that hill song one more goddamn time I'm going to smash Jay's guitar. Whoa. It's the only guitar I had to smash. I'm sorry. 
running up the hill song i don't, I don't right. know I've, i haven't seen uh stranger things since like maybe halfway through season three whenever the hell they all link back up in season three in the mall that's like the last episode that i saw yes yeah i think that's the last episode of season three okay then i guess i saw like right before that <sighs> i don't remember an ending john are you talking about the song that they play to max Yes, Running Up yes. the Hill by Kate Bush. Yeah, I swear yes. to God. Oh, God. Free, that was everywhere. Literally, Kroger had it on the, the Muzak inside the store. I could not escape that song. Um, and then my other returning show in 2022 uh, that I have to give Paramount Plus a huge thank you for, and it's not Star Trek. Um, as much as I enjoyed Trek, uh, I did not purchase a subscription to Paramount Plus until I heard this show was coming back specifically on paramount plus it is a beloved part of my childhood much to my mother's chagrin because i was banned from watching it which explains why i love it so much jay i think you'll back me up on this the glorious return first they had a new movie then they got a uh, show uh beavis and butthead are back they have a show brand new episodes mike judge is back beavis and butthead on paramount plus it has not lost a beat. It's awesome. I need to get a subscription. It's fantastic. Uh, it is It is really good because I was very kind of uh, like I watched. The, there was a movie, um, Beavis and Butthead do the universe, I think. Um, and I was a little gun shy. And I'm like, uh, I don't know how this is going to be. It feels like we're just looking at the franchise. But the movie was really fun. And the movie kind of sets up uh, the, the, the the show. Um because you get some fun, weird time traveling shit going on. Uh, so there are, there are in fact episodes of Beavis and Butthead, the, the new series, where we like flash forward to modern day. If Beavis and Butthead continued aging, like they weren't cartoon characters and they were like you know old men uh, in, in the year 2022, and what would they be like? And those are some of the coolest episodes. Um, but yeah, uh, Beavis and Butthead are back, and I couldn't nice. be happier. I've, I've never been a big fan of Beavis and Butthead. I, I, I never got it. <laughs> and right there, you just summed up the entirety of the series. Like, between the two of you, that is the series. It's just them laughing at shit they find funny. Yeah. I, and I don't get it. Who are you the boys that have been whacking off in my tool shit? I am the great Cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole. Where I come from, we have no TP. <laughs> Don't get it. I uh, am from Lake Titicaca. Lake we have Titicaca. but one butthole. Sorry, you had to be there, Scott. Don't get it. And, and, you and had to I, be just. You had to be just too young to actually watch it, so your parents forbade you from watching it. So you then had to seek it out and watch it as a child of the nineties. Yeah, I guess because because when <laughs> when it was on, like I could watch it because it was like right in like I was the target demographic, like high school age, you know, dumb shits. I guess I don't know. Um, but you all were you were a little younger and you were like you said in that age where your 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 parents were would forbid you to watch it so it was forbidden fruit so you would always watch it uh whenever you could you'd try to sneak it um and i watched it and i didn't get it then either uh yeah but i'm weird i'm i'm not normal when it comes to a lot of things i don't think anyone thought that 
Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Any other uh, shows to talk I, about? I do have one, okay. one shout out for something yeah. uh, that was new to 2022, and I've shout only seen I've only seen one episode. Okay. Uh, because in order to see the rest of it, I need a subscription a, a subscription to Peacock. Don't give them your money. And and everything, and I, I don't want to pay for a subscription just for the show. But I watched the first one because they put the first one out for free. Um, and I haven't got to see any more, but I liked what I saw of the first one, and that is the reboot. So whether you want to call it new episodes of the sequel, or if you want to call it new because it's kind of a soft reboot, it's technically a sequel of the new Quantum Leap. I I liked what I saw. It, it was good. Uh and, and I want to see, I will see the rest of this season. Hopefully they get more seasons. Uh, I'm just waiting for it to be available to purchase uh, on DVD or Blu-ray or something. I think it got greenlit for a season two. Nice. Because, I think I remember reading about that. Uh, because the, the, first, the first episode was good. Um, I don't know when I'm going to get to be able to purchase it and see the rest of it. But uh, yeah. Fair enough. It was good. All right, so our next category, we're going to shift our qualifications a bit. So the next two categories do not have to be things that were new in 2022. They just had to be new to you. Uh, We're going to start that with favorite games. Specifically, we're going to go ahead and start with favorite video games of 2022. Again, did not have to be new in the year 2022, but we discovered it in 2022. I'm going to just jump in. Favorite video game. No one's going to be surprised by this. Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. That's 40 bucks I've spent all year. The game is fun. It's great. Uh, Like Scott said when we were discussing it, uh, I think on our our review show, it is a great game that simulates the feel of if you were a Ghostbuster out on the job, this is what it's like. You're you're, you're called away to a job. Uh, building a location is being haunted. Go get the ghost. Um, it's that 4v1 asymmetrical multiplayer that's everywhere now. Um, I think it's the best, most polished game Elphonic has done. Uh, if you look back to Friday the 13th and Predator Hunting Grounds, this one from the get-go ran pretty well. There were some glitches, but everything is, you know, nowadays every game has glitches when it launches. Um, just fun and i'm loving it you could customize your ghostbuster and play with your gear and your loadout and uh my favorite part is the uh mini game the florida's lava um (laughs) thanks for that one scott and then seeing what random celebrity and or historical figure scott will make his avatar look like (laughs) well i i'm still liking red green that's 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 (laughs) by far my favorite one that i made do i need to go back to harold then if you wish, it's up to you. Um, yeah, that one was fun. Um, when we actually play the game, my biggest nitpick is that all of the, uh, all of the, the like unlock this and unlock that, and you've got this goal and you've got that goal, just lends toward not playing the game in order to try and get it finished. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get your gear unlocked and, and stuff, a, a lot of your xp missions are and, and again scott pointed this out in the other review episode too it, it's <clears throat> so you're, you're doing side jobs uh, side hustles to to earn additional xp it's fine nothing wrong with that in and of itself 
but some of the missions they send you on are counterintuitive to the game itself like trap a ghost by yourself it's designed that you work together to trap a ghost um and some of them are very tedious uh thankfully some of them have gotten patched but at one point i was trying to sprint forward thanks to a typo in the game 250,000 yards that has been corrected now it was supposed to be 2,500 uh that has been corrected now so i got my cool unlock jacket for that um yeah but i was ready to run 250,000 yards within the game um but yeah uh again this isn't gonna surprise anybody but uh uh Every expectation I had for the game, it met or succeeded, uh, or exceeded, sorry. Um, and I love that uh, as convoluted as it can be at times, that they allowed cross-play. So all my friends who were Ghostbuster buddies who were on PC, shout out to B-Rai, um, or Xbox, it takes a little finagling with the weird Epic system, uh, but I can eventually get you on my friends list and we can play together no matter what system you're on. That's awesome, so. I enjoyed the game. I'm an easy mark. Sorry. Anybody else favorite video games of 2022? <clears throat> I, yeah. I, I okay. probably probably Call of Duty World War Two because I haven't gotten a Call of Duty game in a long time, and I like it going back to its roots of World War Two. And I need to continue the campaign, but so far my favorite thing in the campaign was when I was the. Uh, um french underground spy dressed up at like uh third reich like uh uh uh, uh what is it what was the name of it like not know. barracks rally it wasn't a rally it was uh oh it was where they were garrison the garrison was um okay and you had to have you guys got not got to that part nope. of the campaign oh okay oh, I, I haven't played the campaign oh I'm on like level three of the campaign, yeah. So like you have to, one of the things is you find papers on board. Have you done the train mission? Nope. Oh, okay. So anyway, you find these papers uh, on a train that crashes and you go in as a spy and you're walking around interviewing people and you actually have to remember the information from your papers to answer questions. Otherwise you get busted. It was cool. All right, I like during, it. During the French underground mission, did you just the entire time you were playing, or were you just sitting on your couch going, "Ha ha, wee wee, monsieur"? Yeah, yes. Only if you wanted to perfect his accent, right? Really blend in. <clears throat> well, actually, that wouldn't be blending in because you were in the German <laughs> headquarters. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. But you do stab a guy in the neck with a bottle. That was fun. Spoilers. Jeez. Sorry. 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 Gosh. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Scott, any favorite video games you want to toss out? Well, so my favorite video game, I think, that I played through uh, in 2022, which was new to me, um, it, it was a, a very lesser known game. Uh, very few people had heard of this uh, uh, prior to it getting kind of, you know, they, they do those, they take those old games and they put them back out you know, like in bundles and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. on the newer systems and things. And and really nobody had heard of this uh, beforehand. Certainly I hadn't. Uh, it, it had flown so far under the radar. Uh, it was it was called Un- Uncharted. Um, 
I, I didn't know what the hell it was, and then I saw it pop up, and then Nathan filling into this awesome, you know, uh, like movie uh, on YouTube and stuff, which which the studios tried to copy, but they fell short of the mark. So watch the Nathan Fillion version. Um, uh, I and, agree with Scott on that one, having sat through the Uncharted movie. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I discovered the Uncharted games this year, actually earlier this year. Uh, and I downloaded the uh, the bundle and, and played through. I think I made it uh, about halfway, two-thirds through the second one. I hadn't made it. I haven't got to the third one yet. Um, um, but they were they were fun. They were fun little shooters uh, and stuff, you know. Uh, they had the humor. And I, I, I can see why they were popular and uh, how I'd never heard of them before. I have no idea because I always have my fingers on the pulse of what's new uh in the world you're on the tiktok and everything i'm on the tiktoks i am i am i am down with the kids and stuff let me tell you now yeah uh hello fellow kids (laughs) all right then we're gonna shift gears uh favorite board game new to you in 2022 oh that one's easy okay that was easy for me. I got that one hands down. I don't even think about that one. Do it. And it's not even new to me. It's it was new to 2022. Uh, uh hey, even better. It, yeah, it was uh, Return to Dark Tower. Oh. So good. I want to change my answer now. That is a it's a beautiful board game. Restoration games, in my opinion, hit the pinnacle of their their uh uh, their stuff with uh, with Return to Dark Tower. It it of course is a, is an update of the the original the Dark Tower board game from the 1980s, which uses an electronic tower in the middle of uh, a a a round you know uh, board. And uh, whereas in it, originally the the electronic tower kind of kept track of everything and 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 ran the game now it's app driven so you have an app that links to the tower and everything and yeah it's just it's just wonderful um uh i i can't wait till the next uh the next expansion comes out which i i kick-started uh and stuff so hopefully that should be um fulfilling here in the next uh six months um but yeah, it's just great. Uh, I take it. Uh, I've taken it to several gaming conventions and stuff, and I just kind of set it up on a table. And uh, every time I've done it, uh, the sessions that I've ran for it have filled up. Uh, have, have filled up just completely. So yeah, you can't walk by that and not stop. Like, oh, what's this? Like, you you can't. Yeah, it is impossible. Uh, and then you start to play it, and it's amazing. Uh, that that is a fantastic game. So yeah, hands down easy yeah uh my answer is dumb so we're just gonna move on then <laughs> i Come on my, my answer is simple i don't have one now jay you played a new you played a new board game in 2022 i did you did new to you yeah new to you i did you did i know i was there <laughs> I, I I was I was playing uh, Professor Falconer. That's not new to me. Yeah, he's played that before. Okay. What, what about? Uh, well, then when was? No, that was that was that was 2021 when we played that. Okay. I've played Zombicide. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, I played Zombicide. 
Uh, he's an old pro at Zombicide now. We've got some. I've got some new characters coming to for you to play as Jay. Nice. Um, no, my answer was again uh, not new, but new to me. Um, not Tremors, the board game, also known as Terror Below, uh, which is a really fun board game that again is just definitely not at all Tremors, the board game. It's not that at all. It is legally distinct from Tremors. Uh, it just <laughs> happens to be a game where you're in a desert valley fighting underground worms. No similarity at all. I still like the fact that the company actually put money into creating cardboard standees of the worms that have no game effect whatsoever. They are nope. literally for ambiance. According to the yeah, to the rule book, place them around the board game for ambiance. Okay, thanks guys. Uh, no, it's a fun game. Uh, it, it really is. It, it, it's kind of grid-based, kind of like Battleship, but not really like Battleship. Um, lots of different weapons and pickups and things. Uh, you, you're, you're, you can you, different paths to victory. You can win by because you're, you're trying to get to I forget what they call them, game points or whatever. And you can get them by collecting eggs or completing side missions or hunting worms or whatever. Um, really fun. It, it really is fun. Uh, we played it a few times now. Um, that being said, it is no return to Dark Tower. So. That game is amazing, and that game just has me salivating at what that company is going to do with my favorite board game franchise of all time, Omega Virus. But I'm getting way ahead of myself now. So, hey, uh, you have the you have the you have the prelim game. Yes, and someday I'll open that because <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the Kickstarter for that. So I I, I of course I kickstarted Return to Dark Tower. Uh, I did not get into the Volcano Island, which they did prior to Return to Dark Tower. Right, because, right. Because I wasn't a fan of the, the original. Fireball Island? Fireball Island. Thanks. See, I didn't even get the name right because it's not in my wheelhouse of nostalgia. Um, That's a... But that being said, I did kickstart their reboot of Thunder Road. Ooh. Uh, basically think Mad Max Thunder... Wait, wait, hang on. Mad Max, Mad Max Fury Ooh, Road. Fury Road. So yeah, so think Mad Max Fury Road, the board game. That's basically what Thunder Road is. Nice. Um. And uh, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to to their to their updated version of that. Uh, Restoration Games just has some some really great uh, uh, names, uh, you know, in 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 their company and stuff. Some great uh, great designers and and things. So. They they always turn out really. I am looking forward to spending ungodly amounts of money for the entirety of their Omega Virus reboot. So, uh, any other games? Hopefully soon. I did get okay. speaking of Zombie Side. I did get it. It fulfilled here in in two two thousand twenty two. Zombie Side Undead or Alive. It's the Western version. I have not yes. had a chance to put it on the table yet. Uh, I can't wait to play that, Scott. So, it has a train. It has balconies. Um, it has zombie animals. It has zombie animals. It has. So, Scott's giving you a little sneak preview of our favorites of 2023 right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll move on then. Um, favorite, and again, these are also do not have to be new. This has to be new to you. Favorite book, 
and or a comic book of 2022. I didn't read any books this year. Okay. <laughs> well, I've I've been enjoying uh, the uh, the High Republic series. I'm only about uh, two thirds of the way through the second second book in the High Republic stuff for Star Wars, so I'm I'm behind. Yeah, I need to get on that too. Uh, that being said, I also started. Uh, I'm also almost done with the uh, the first book in the Rivers of London series, which is a great sequence. Uh, if if uh, so far uh, that I'm aware of, if you if you haven't read it, um, in fact, uh, Chaosium just released the PDF version of the first book in a role playing game for this book series. Nice. Uh, uh, also. Uh, uh, a book series that I read. Um, ah, crap! I can't remember. Uh, so the. Hang on. Uh, no, it was. I'm trying to remember uh, the 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 name of it. Peter Kleins. Uh, so Peter Peter Kleins. Uh, I I read a. Um, a, a series by him which started uh with a book called uh 14 okay so there's only four books in the series it's 14 the fold dead moon and terminus um they are kind of uh with an, anthropology anthropological and anthrop where they don't they share characters sometimes, but they're different stories. They're they're self-contained stories in a shared universe with like a, a, a theme. Anthology? Thank you. Anthology. I could not think of that word for some odd reason. I gotcha. Appreciate that. Uh yeah, so those four books, really great. I highly recommend them, especially if you like kind of weird um multi if you're a fan of anything sci-fi, multidimensional, and Cthulhu read this series um very good uh, and i also read um by peter Kleins as well um paradox bound which was a very good book but it's standalone it doesn't really tie in anything uh so yeah i i've, I've done a lot um you know uh, I, I read uh i've been Any working non-fiction with... books you really liked scott non-fiction by okay. authors who have different names Maybe written under their real name, not their pseudonym. Oh, did, did I start? Was that, that, that twenty twenty two? I don't know. It's possible. I you talked to the author about it in twenty twenty two. I got it signed in twenty twenty two. So yeah. that counts. Yeah. Um. Uh. Now, if I can, because you got me on the spot here, I I wasn't sorry. Back, so I don't know <laughs> the name. Uh. Of of that. Uh, uh. That that book. Um. Give me just a second. Okay, uh, I'll stall for time. Uh, so I had written down my favorite comic book of 2022 was uh, a series called Dark Knights of Steel, which is sort of like uh, if if Game of Thrones happened in the DC universe. It's medieval and magic and fantasy, but all your DC characters, so Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, everyone kind of pops up somewhere. Harley Quinn is literally a court jester. Um 
but it's, it's, it's Game of Thrones with superpowers. It's awesome. And then I remember that actually came out in 2021. It's just still going in 2022. So uh, quick pulled an audible on that and a book I just got for Christmas that I have already read half of uh, because one, it's that good. And two, it's not that long. Uh, it's called Errol, Olivia, and the Merry Men, The Making of the Adventures of Robin Hood by Rupert Alistair. Uh, I found this on Amazon. My mom picked it up for me. It's awesome. It is literally just the entire story of how the Errol Flynn Robin Hood movie, uh, The Adventures of Robin Hood, came to be from the, the the inner office memo that sparked the idea of Warner Brothers making a Robin Hood movie um, starring... Um, uh, James Cagney to the movie we ended up getting uh, and all the cool uh, uh, trivia and, and fun facts in between. Uh, it was a really fun read. If you're a fan of that movie, which you should be because it's awesome, pick up that book. Uh, and hopefully that's enough stalling and Scott has found the uh, the book he's looking for. Yeah, so okay. uh, so this book is called Eccentric Orbits. Uh, the Iridium Story um, by John Bloom. Now, never so, heard of him. Well, yeah, yes, you have. You, you, <laughs> you know him. Uh, most people who have listened to this show will have heard him talked about quite a bit. John Bloom is the real name of uh, Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, Joe Bob Briggs being a character, of course, that John Bloom created to what to character? Um, yes. Now you're going to tell me, no, that's Joe Bob. That's just, that's, that's just Joe Bob. Are you, are you telling me all the stories he tells about his ex wives are fake? Well, what are you going to tell me next? Wrestling isn't real. Well, it depends on how you define real. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. But, but no. Uh, so I, I picked this up. I forget where I found this, but okay. So it's literally the story. So there was a satellite network that was placed in orbit um, called the Iridium, the Iridium network, and it was ba- it's a it's a satellite phone network, and uh, it kind of failed in its initial outreach. And it was going to get scrubbed. Like they were going to deorbit the entire satellite network. And this is a beautiful piece of technology. Um, and this book is, is literally, it's a story of how one man saved single, almost single-handedly the world's largest satellite constellation from destruction. Um, uh, John Bloom research because because he is I think he's Pulitzer Prize I think he won a Pulitzer I'm not sure I'd have to um, but he is an award winning uh, journalist he he does his research is is great and everything I and we did get to go see uh, this past year we went to see his traveling show which is Joe Bob Briggs How Redneck Saved Hollywood which is Fantastic. a great it's a great lecture if it's ever in your neck of the woods go see it um, it is a wonderful lecture. Uh, but it was really funny because like when, when, when he signs all the Joe Bob stuff, you know, he, he signs it, you know, to Scott or to John or whoever, a drive-in kind of guy, right? Joe Bob Briggs. Um, but he switched into a different mode because when I went out to get my autograph, I presented him with this book. Like I didn't have John, I didn't have uh, through a full curveball. I did. He looked at it and he's like, and he looked up at me and he's like, have you actually read this? <laughs> <laughs> and to which I told him, I was like, well, I'm, I'm in the middle of reading it now. Uh, and he looked at it and he's, and he's he commented on the fact that I have three bookmarks 
in this. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, yeah, I was like, so the main bookmark is my blue one here. That's where I'm at in the in the in in the the book. The rear bookmark is where I've bookmarked basically your footnotes, so that when I reach a footnote, I can I can thumb back to the footnotes real quick to to read your comments and and everything. And the third and then bookmark. Well, and then I had a third bookmark in the front because I have bookmarked what to date is my favorite passage in this. And Jay, you 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 will appreciate this. And so I flipped over because I wanted to read him this, and I and I told him I was like, "This is my favorite thing in the book thus far," you know. And he looked up at me, and so I I tapped over to it, and it's in the chapter uh, basically uh, uh, concerning the the history of satellites up to this point, right? Uh, because, Jay, the first man-made satellite of Earth was... Sputnik. Sputnik, yes. And what did Sputnik do? It beeped. It beeped. That's all Sputnik did. <laughs> it just beeped. It proved that we could put a man-made object into orbit around the Earth and that it could relay a signal to the surface of the planet. That was its point. And uh, he has a sentence here, which I believe is one of the most profound statements ever written or made about the history of space exploration um, and the space race in the 1960s ever. Because when you talk about the, uh, 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 the history of space flight in the 1960s, Jay, what is the focus? What does everybody always focus on? Uh, Yuri Gagarin, and then uh, John Glenn, and well, then, what's the big goal? Oh, landing on the moon. Landing on the moon, exactly. So this statement here, and I read this to him because I loved it so much. Um, and I'm sure he gets quoted this back to him all the time. Uh, the communications satellite, of which Sputnik was the earliest primitive prototype, was in fact the most useful and value, valuable result of all space programs, past and present. That is a powerful statement. And I read it to him, and I told it, and I told him, I was like, that is awesome. Like, that made me fall in love with this book. And his response back to me, he looked up, and he's like, well, yeah, fuck the moon. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the moon. Is that what yeah. you had him sign? Fuck the moon. No. Uh, so so when he when he, cool. when he signed when he signed it out of out of the Joe Bob's character, right. He signed to Scott, all my best, John Blue. So so we have to go back a third time so he can sign it. P.S. Fuck the moon. Fuck the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so just for that autograph, we'll have to go back and see Joe Bob again sometime. I will go back and see Joe Bob as, okay. as often as I can. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, Scott. So, yeah. Uh, Jay, any books or comics to throw in there? Nope. Okay, moving on. Here we go. We've got two <laughs> categories left. First of the last two, uh, favorite convention moment. So weird, quirky, fun, whatever thing that happened to you at a convention in 2022. Um, I can start if I need to stall for time. No, I I have it. Okay. Uh, it would have to be, uh, at Lexington Comic and Toy Convention. Uh, 
it although there were a lot of really good memories my favorite moment was being number two in line to meet uh Giancarlo Esposito and the guy in front of me was dressed in full Mando gear and I was dressed as Billy Butcher from the boys and I had laser baby um which is now an even better version of laser baby (laughs) uh but I I walked in and I shook his hand and I said would you be willing to hold laser baby for me to which Giancarlo Esposito replied laser baby and then looked at the laser baby took it from me stared at it for another second looked back at me and said this thing is terrifying and then we took our picture and then he was just holding it and squishing it and he looks at me and he goes it's really quite plush and i said thank you and then i just walked away it was (laughs) (laughs) that was the interaction i was just like what the hell what just happened this was awesome but yeah it's always fun when you can make a celebrity's day yes uh he he seemed very intrigued by the fact that i full out made a laser baby for my cosplay as billy butcher i'm I'm sure it was a welcome change from people asking him about mandalorian and breaking bad all day yeah like if i could be the one guy and i wasn't the only guy dressed as a character from the boys but if I could be the one guy that took a picture with him dressed as somebody that wasn't the Mandalorian mm. or wasn't from Star Wars or wasn't wearing full hazmat gear, I, that's okay. Because the interaction itself was hilarious and I'll never forget it. Just his. Okay, you might not have been the baby. only Billy Butcher, but you were the only Billy Butcher with a laser baby. That's fair. That so fair. all you other Billy Butchers, up your game. Get on Jay's level. Get yourselves a laser baby. But it'll <laughs> never be as cool as my laser baby is now. And by cool, he means absolutely terrifying. Yeah, that thing is terrifying as hell now. <laughs> it's scary. Like Supercharged. Uh, Scott, do you have one? Do you want me to solve? Well, so I've, I've kind of got two that stick out in my mind. If one involves the three of us, hold off. On yeah, that. yeah, and yeah, I'm gonna hold, hold off, hold off, off on that because I figured that would be yours, and it's one of mine too. So we'll talk about it in a second. The other one that I have to mention, though, when it comes to it comes to this, was, um, and this was also Lexington Comic and Toy Convention this past year. Uh, myself and uh, you know, uh, uh, Chris from Friends with Benefits, that's friends with benefits uh, one of our sister podcasts on this network uh we both really like scrubs uh and so uh we we cosplayed as jd and uh dr cox um to go meet john c mcginley right mm-hmm. and we went we went down first thing we got in line first thing you know we were waiting we were the first ones in line for him we were waiting we were going to get there get it done get it over with because we figured he'd be popular and stuff like that. Now, there's there's good things and bad things about being first in a celebrity's line. Uh, yeah, you're going to get a chance to meet him, but also he's going to be like still getting his head in the game, right? Like he's not, not fully there quite yet. He's still waking up and he hasn't had his coffee and all that good stuff. He was very nice. He was very pleasant. 
But the reason I want to share this and what stuck out with me was, so Chris goes first. So he finally comes in. He comes running in, you know, and everything like that. I mean, John C. McGinley is like, I think he's like his mid-50s. This man is like ripped. Like, I, I wasn't in this good a shape in my 20s as this man in his mid-50s. Um, and uh, uh, he was very nice, very pleasant, had a smile on his face. It was great. So Chris goes up. And he relates this story. He's like, look, I just want to, you know, he's like, hey, I, I, I love the show. Just just so you know, uh, the show came on when I moved to Kentucky from Maine. I didn't know anybody. Like, I had no friends here, no family, nothing. I was completely on my own. Uh, and and w- whenever I was feeling down, there was your show. And there was you. And, and you all got me through. Right. That was the story that he tells. And everything's like, oh, man, I'm so glad I could help you through that. And everything, but that's just awesome. I love hearing stories like that. And he gets his autograph and he continues. And I'm just being polite and everything. So he steps off to the side and I come up and I look at him. And and and, and we're with John C. McGinley there. And I'm like, really? You're going to make me follow that? <laughs> really? Like, that's where you're going to leave me. Is, is, is you got me through one of the most profoundly difficult moments of my life. And literally, I'm going to come up and go, like your show. <laughs> My name's Cox too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, you should have thrown him for a loop. You should have walked up in your Dr. Cox cosplay and said, I absolutely loved you and stand against evil. Well, and I just thrown him for a loop. Well, I did compliment him on standing because I told him, you know, okay. I'm like, you know, like, yeah, I, I love Scrubs. It's, it's a great show. And, and I know you've heard, and I'm, I'm cosplayed as Dr. Cox, obviously, but, um, uh, I was like, I love Stand Against Evil. Uh, I loved, um, uh, uh, oh shit, I forget now what else it was. You know, uh, of course, Office you said Space. that to John C. McGinley. Jeez, The Rock. <laughs> no, no, I no, loved no, you no. in The Rock. There you, you know, go. And I, I had stuff prepped, so and, and everything, because so I, I like trying to come up with you know something that they don't hear a lot mm-hmm. uh, and things. Stand Against Evil is, is great, and and he was talking about how much he loved doing that. And I'm like, I wish wish you all had gone you know a few more seasons because it was it was wonderful um but yeah but i but that was the thing you know i walk up I'm, and, I, and i don't even say anything to him i'm just looking at chris and i'm like really really you're gonna make me follow that shit well <laughs> you know scott you could have been the guy that was in line after the two guys that did their batman voice to batman yeah we're not uh not gonna rehash that but yeah. uh <laughs> So, my favorite con experience does not actually involve speaking at all. Um, there's a character I love to cosplay as, but I really only get to do it once or twice a year, uh, just because of of what's involved with the character and, and time of year and all that. Um, Jason Voorhees, uh, I, I do a, I think a pretty good part six Jason Voorhees. Uh, shout out to Grit for helping me get all that together a couple of years ago, but I really only break it out at Scarefest. Um, or if we actually get a Friday the 13th in that year, I'll put it on for something. Um, and this year I did something I've never really done before. So I, I always put the costume on and, and walk around in the convention and, and kind of, you know, like mess with people. Uh, but this year uh, I started the day, I think it was Saturday uh, in Jason. And, and I was walking kind of up just to go um, uh, talk to some of our friends in the cosplay for a cause uh, foundation. And, one of them uh, looked at me like, oh, are you going to come walk the line with us? And I was like, what? I'm like, yeah, we're going to go walk the, because outside 
everyone's lined up waiting to get in. He's like, yeah, we're going to go walk the line and, and take pictures of people and, and stuff. It's fun. I'm like, oh, I've never done that before. All right, sure. Let's go do that. So in full Jason, and when I'm in full Jason, I don't talk because Jason doesn't talk. Um, so I'm out there and the, the you know we open the doors and there's a mob of people waiting to get into Scarefest. And he out walks a Freddy Krueger, a Jason Voorhees, uh, uh, a Bane, uh, a bunch of other you know, kick, you know, cosplayers. Uh, and everyone went nuts. I spent a solid two hours walking up and down and up and down and back and forth this line. And I never got more than about five feet without someone asking for a photo. And it was awesome. Uh, because Jason Voorhees is a really different costume to wear and interact with people in because Jason Voorhees is a serial killer. That's what he does. He kills people in horrendous, over-the-top ways. So when you meet people at a horror convention as Jason, there's no line as far as going too far with somebody with the pose. Literally, I had people walk up push their kids in front of me and say, yeah, hey, hey, put the machete to his throat. Put the machete to his throat. Stab him with the spear. I'm like, you asked me to, okay. Uh, So there are plenty of pictures of me strangling kids and holding machetes to kids uh, and and, and crushing people's skulls and and just messing with people, um, all of which they asked me to do because they were excited to see Jason Voorhees. Um, And it was weird and I loved it. And you'll have to take me at my word that that's really me. Uh, that was the, the, the flip side of that story is I came away that day and I didn't have any pictures of me in costume that I took because I was I can't can't use my phone as Jason way because I have gloves on and B because it's you know it's out of character. But uh, thankfully, my my Scarefest family came through. I put a post up. I was like, hey, didn't get any pictures of myself today because I was out taking them. If anyone has any photos that they took with Jason Voorhees in the line, it was probably me. Can you just shoot them to me? And I got flooded with people sending me photos. It was awesome. So that was my favorite convention moment of 2022. Um, it was fun. Nice. Thank you. Uh, but that brings us to our final category, oh, which is where the thing I told I... Scott about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to I just wanted to interject one thing. I did have like a one B, and this 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 is very it's just a very short thing to say. Okay. Um, it was at the when we went to the comic convention in Des Moines, Megan and I uh-huh. went for a day, and that was one of my favorite moments because it was Megan and I cosplaying as the death strokes. So that was a lot of fun um, just because people were like, oh, holy crap, Deathstroke. Oh, holy crap, a chick Deathstroke. Uh, it was awesome. So just want to throw that out there. First of all, Megan, if you're listening, you're a fantastic Deathstroke. I just wanted her to know that. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's awesome as Deathstroke. That's all I had. Uh, all right, so that brings us to our final category. Uh, the big one for the nerdies, our equivalent to best picture if this was the Oscars, and that is nerdiest experience of the year. Um, it could be anything that fits in that uh, nerdy experience. I think last year I talked about being at Galaxy's Edge and getting to put the Blending Falcon in light speed, which was awesome and, and nerdy. But this year, oh my God, um, I wanted to end the show on this. And, and I'm glad it, it fell into place this way. 
Scott already knows where I'm going. Jason could probably figure it out too because it involves a convention, cosplay, and my two best friends. Because this year at Lexington Comic Con, uh, I threw out an idea because a celebrity was going to be there. And you guys brought your A game, your A team game. <laughs> uh, and we cosplayed as the A team minus face because this year we went to go meet Dirk Benedict at Lexington Comic Con and we met him as the A team. So we went to do the celebrity photo op with him first, and then we took our photos that we got with him and had him sign that. Uh, and that entire experience uh, was just amazing. It made my year. It was awesome. Uh, I think we looked really good together. Uh, Jay pulled off BA uh, to a level I don't even think he thought he would pull it off. Um I was there because I know he was kind of nervous being BA, but I was there when he was sort of doing his his BA routine in front of the first like handful of people we came across, and everybody laughed and was like, "Oh, dude, that's awesome!" And I could see Jake and okay, 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 people like this. I I can do this. I got this. Uh, Scott was committed fully to the bit of being Murdoch, uh, talking to his fake dog and everything, um, but just the look on Dirk Benedict's face because again. Every time we meet a celebrity, we try to bring up the thing that they don't always get asked about just to kind of get, you know, more of a, a genuine reaction from them. So Dirk was there and 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 judging by the other people in line around us, I'm sure he got asked about Battlestar Galactica 80 million times over the course of a weekend. From what I could tell, not many people there had talked to him about the A-Team. <laughs> nope. Because, uh, man, did he light up. When, yes. when we walked in, uh, he saw me first and was a bit confused because I had a weird old man wig, but I didn't shave my face. It was a weird thing. And then he saw the other two walk in and it clicked. And he's like, oh, my God, it's the 18. And uh, and we showed him the picture we were trying to recreate. And we kind of positioned ourselves in the right spots and we took the pictures. And and then we came, you know, immediately went from that to go meet him. And and this is like the, the shining moment of the entire convention because the three of us completely held up the Dirk Benedict autograph line for at least 20 minutes. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> he was so excited to talk to us about uh, the A team and was sharing stories about the, the set or in filming and in, in the co-stars and, and uh, it was like, Oh yeah, this is so cool. You guys came out and, 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 and you'll, you let me be the face man. And it was, it was, he was just really, really happy to, to, to have us there and, and, you can tell when a celebrity is, is genuinely engaged and happy to see you versus going through the motions. And he was really happy to see us. And I now have uh, a wonderful souvenir. Um, his auto, the, the photo of all four of us together. Um, and he signed it uh, to John, the A team lives. And that whole experience. Uh, Cause again, it involves all my favorite things and all my favorite people. Um, that was my, nerdy experience of the year uh sorry go ahead oh, i was just gonna throw in i think my favorite thing about that and yeah because i agree with you 100 percent. like i can't think of anything nerdier than that um but one of my favorite things about that was when i walked in as ba and he slapped me on the arm and was like i don't think you're quite dark enough to pull it off yet and i was like oh god oh oh and then when we were in line for autographs and it, it clearly stated there was a set amount for the autograph mm -hmm. 
and a different amount for personalization with like a quote. And he just freely quoted and like signed both of yours and like personalized them, which I thought was well, awesome. Well, when because because we walked up together and we were talking and and I think he I I think if I recall correctly he he had volunteered to like personalize yours, John, or something like that, right? Like you didn't ask for it. He I didn't. Did. <clears throat> yeah. And and I I wasn't paying attention like true to form to me i wasn't i didn't pay anything we were just standing there talking and and he he was gonna sign mine i'm like yeah could you sign it i, I asked for a personalization not realizing there was a difference in the charge <laughs> i didn't even know it until after we got out yeah yeah well, what does your say scott oh hell i don't know i, I have ah. it's, it's in my book i just got I don't it's know not I'm... framed and on the wall no no i got a book <laughs> I, I've got a book that has all my autographs and stuff. I'm gonna have to get a book, yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to pull pull my book out. And I don't know where that's at right now. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I, that. Oh, go ahead, Scott. Well, I I do like the fact that when we were, when we went up to the to get the 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 photo office photo, thing, um, that he was really happy, uh, and he made the comment. He's like, "Oh my God, you all are in character and everything too." <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, you're, 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 you're Mur- It's like Murdoch here. You know, you got the 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 goofy smile on your face. Like B A over here, all being sur- surly and sullen and and everything. He's like, I love the fact that you're in character. And then we pulled up the picture of the the the. I think it's the season two promo. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're like, we'd really like to recreate this. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. We could totally. That we were looking at. It. He's like, okay, let's see here. So you need to be off to my right here. I'm I'm on the left, and we just kind of positioned and. It was uh, it was good. It, it was very good. It was definitely one of the the it was the the, the nerdiest thing that probably happened all year. I, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. All right then. I like I said, I wanted to say that for last because I had a feeling uh, you guys would feel the same way about it, and I thought it'd be a fun way to to end the show with with uh, a fun memory that just kind of encapsulates everything that is. Us and this show and our nerdiness. Yeah, and watching people laugh so hard that they're crying. <laughs> All right, Jay, give them a taste of it. What, what you talking about? Nerdy awards. Y'all that jibber jabber talking about good for the kids. Now, B.A., just calm down and drink your milk. <laughs> uh, good times. Murdoch, will you calm him down, please? I don't know if I can. <laughs> sorry uh, uh, all right good times well there you go that's our nerdy awards for 2022 all of our favorite nerdy things um that fit into the categories we threw out there uh let us know what were your favorite movies your favorite shows your favorite books what was your nerdiest moment what was your favorite moment at a convention uh let us know because that's what this show is all about just sharing our love of all things nerdy and sometimes our hatred for things that aren't nerdy enough or nerdy to our standards. That's how nerddom works. You know how it works. Um, <laughs> with that, uh, thank you for listening. This has been your weekly Nerd Alert. <laughs>